save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here with the headband. It's back. It is July 9th. The WWE Great Balls of Fire podcast. This show brought to you by TrigTent.com. Head over to TrigTent.com. If you're into politics, you can see a podcast, the TrigTent Writers Podcast, from a name you guys may recognize, from the list in your boy, Nigel who keeps the whole thing together on Wednesdays. Head over to TrigTent.com, check that out. And, of course, DraftBeast.com. We got WWE Great Balls of Fire to talk about. We have Austin Aries uh, release to talk about. AJ Styles, maybe a little bit of Dixie Carter. Also, congratulations to Chuck Taylor, another Kentucky native winning the PWG title on Friday night. But I'm joined by Alex Palowski. Alex, I remember it was it was probably maybe 4 p.m. on Friday. I was like, hey, Alex, pack it in for the weekend, man. I'm all good here. I can hold down the fort myself. Nothing newsworthy is going to happen no. between now and Sunday. Not a single newsworthy item. <laughs> As I was saying off the air, when Dixie Carter being on WDB programming is like the fourth biggest story of a Friday evening – yeah, that was that was nuts. There's lots to talk about, man. We got a lot to talk about while people accumulate in our live chat over on YouTube. And of course, fightfulpods.com and fightful.com. If you guys didn't check it out, uh, we did a post UFC two thirteen show last night. Robert Whitaker, new interim welter or middleweight champion. Head over, check that out. Great show, uh, a great UFC two thirteen pay-per-view as well. But uh AJ Styles, new United States champion, happened at Madison Square Garden. I suspect this has something to do, as I tweeted the other day. They really know how to push that Austin Aries thumbnail off of our main page, don't they? Yep. Yeah, they. Uh, I think that, you know, well, we can't have this be the only news between Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. and Great Balls of Fire on Sunday. So let's shove that out of the way with this other major thing yeah. that's happening. I mean – I like what they're doing with it. The posted stuff with, with AJ talking about how, well, maybe Kevin Owens should have to earn his title shot. Like I did. Mm-hmm. Like, well, he does have a contractually obligated rematch at some point since he was the champ. Wh- Which is unfortunate Which because is unfortunate. I hate those contractually obligated but, rematches. Like, I mean, if, if the same two guys wind up going into the to battleground facing each other one-on-one, <laughs> does it really matter who goes in with the belt? Like really? We're going to get to see AJ Styles and Kevin Owens. This was a really great way of also making it, uh, reminding you every every so often that you should always go to that uh, WWE live event in your town. Yeah, because something might happen. I mean, uh, MSP is one that that's on my wrestling bucket list. Is really to watch a December twenty sixth show at MSG. I've always wanted to do that. Hopefully, I will one day. It's a bummer that now. If I go, it'll be a split roster. But right, but but yeah, again, this, and, this was a raw show with two SmackDown guys on it fighting over the U.S. T- title. 
Like so, they're they're doing this kind of cool things where they're bringing in, they're peppering in guys from different shows. Like Seth Rollins showed up and challenged Jinder Mahal a couple of weeks ago. Brock Lesnar is facing Baron Corbin for the Universal Title mm-hmm. on the 29th. So they're doing this thing where they're making everybody kind of nebulous when it comes to house shows. I, I like that. Well, I mean, I like that. I think that's cool. Also, I like them doing different things on live events. I love them doing different things. That that's a, that's a good way to get people to show up. Because you just – it should be like that. You shouldn't be able to know. Austin Aries released – I was told earlier as uh, Fightful.com reported first, he did ask for his release. But it wasn't something that I heard that he went and said, hey, I want out. It was more kind of a, like a, if you let me out, that would be kind of neat type of thing. Uh, he asked for time off immediately following his last match last month. He's gone. Now, here's a situation where, and we're going to talk about this before, great balls of fire. Austin Aries is in a real nice spot, Alex, because Impact Wrestling is probably the most financially stable they've been in years. New Japan is looking to make their their presence felt in the U.S. in 2018. He's going to be out for three months, not being able to be on TV, so what does he care before October anyway? But then you have Ring of Honor who's sitting there looking at this saying, hey, New Japan guys, we're, we're buddies, right? We're, we're pals, right? I know that like War Machine hasn't re-signed with us and Elgin didn't re-sign with us and they're, they're doing your thing, but we're still buddies, right? And meanwhile, they're seeing like Moose and they saw Mike Bennett and they saw all these guys show up on Impact and they're like, oh, damn. So you're going to have three different people probably vying for his attention. You never know if an Evolve could make an offer. I doubt they will, but Austin Aries has a lot of options right now. That's that's a good thing for him. Yeah. Um, anyone who had previously had the um, the opinion that if you leave WWE, you're done. That's it. That's all. That's all the window now with Cody Rhodes. Like that guy is just taking the ball and run with it. Like he's not only is he ring of honor champ, like not only is he doing that, not only is he fighting Okada for the uh, IWGP heavyweight title, but he's taking on dudes in like gyms up in, you know, boo nowhere because he likes the guy he's going to be wrestling. He doesn't care how small the venue is. He's just out there because he loves wrestling and people are, are getting excited about this guy who really nobody cared about when he was in WWE. And now at least he's out there doing all kinds of stuff. So could Austin Aries do a same kind of career renaissance thing where he's just like out there and being considered for major titles at other places? Sure. I mean, I really like the guy and I'm going to miss him um, TV, but I have a feeling I'll be able to watch him if I really want to, wherever he winds up. Guys, please uh, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to us, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube. Also, FightfulPods.com, or one-stop shop for, for all podcasts. A uh, little bit of announcement. We will have live coverage of every G1 Climax show. I don't know if anybody else is doing that, but your boys at Fightful.com are. So head over to our forums. Use those. I want to see everybody starting topics on those forums. I love talking to you guys on there. I want to thank you guys so much for, for sticking with us through this first year. But, uh, yeah, G1 Climax live discussion and coverage from the machine, David Tease. He sent me a message and said, to be honest, it's on about an hour before I wake up every day anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, sure, why not? 
Why not? Uh, also, Dixie Carter, she's going to appear on WWE programming. What, tomorrow night? Yeah, tomorrow night after Raw. Wow. Carnies will be carnies, I guess. You know. WWE great balls of fire. Let's get into this show from the pre-show. My first thought was, how long before Dana is back in NXT? To get her to get herself in shape, to help NXT, to help her. But then Emma showed up. Where were they going with that, Alex? I don't know. Um, you know, props to him for trying to inject a, you know, maybe a third tier female storyline into things because I'm always going to be hoping that all these women have something to do beyond just the two who are fighting for the title. Everybody else is kind of like has matches every now and then. So this is good. These guys work together really well. Let's see how they do now. Um, I don't know. I mean, what what is the precedent besides Emma that I know of? Are people being sent back down? It's like Tyson Kidd. Like, I'm not... Sorrow, kind of. Kind of. But, I mean, I, I think they should establish that as a precedent. I think that there should be people who float in between. Not only people going back down, but uh, guys who are near the top but not title contenders in NXT that show up and do a, a match on main event in front of a live audience. Let's see what No Way Jose's shtick is against Kurt Hawkins. Um, you know, at a dark match in front of a SmackDown crowd. I want. I would. If I were them, I would want to know how that translates. And you know, like you say, let's start dabbling with Aleister Black up on the main roster. You know, every now and then to see if he can get over. And if you can, move him up immediately and have him challenge Neville. Do some some cool back and forth like AAA calling up and sending down um, with the yeah. major leagues. I honest to God thought Otunga was Darren Young. <laughs> I put in my notes. It's good to see Darren Young back. <laughs> it was not Darren Young. Embarrassing. Uh, Charlie Caruso, I mentioned this. She doesn't have the personality of Renee Young, but she's so good in her role asking somebody like Paul Heyman questions. Like, like that's her job. Her yeah. job is to ask questions and do nothing else, and she does it really, really well. Yeah. No, I agree. I think she's she's in that role. But again – I think they're trying to find brown-haired, vaguely Latin Renee Young, and they're getting stuck just putting a bunch of them everywhere. And they're, they're not just – find the best one who does what, you know, Renee Young does, but doesn't have to be like her, like, bizarro world doppelganger while doing it. Yeah. You know? It's just weird. As we get into the main show, I want to remind you guys we do post-Raw, post-SmackDown shows, post-WWE NXT and UFC pay-per-views. Of course, Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern is uh, the Fightful Holy Smokes podcast. We usually have guests, great analysis, previews, reviews. This week we are going on whenever the Mayweather-McGregor presser is over. We're going to do that. That's going to be an absolute shit show. It might start an hour late. Who knows? Because McGregor shows up late, but Mayweather always shows up an hour and a half late. So when, when you said it might start, I thought the next two words out of your mouth were going to be a riot because that's, <laughs> that's what I pictured that presser being. <laughs> Man, it's, it's going to be nuts. Also, Wednesday, The List and your boy. Uh, we have – last week we had Vince Russo and Deanna Perrazzo on the show. This week, DDP and a guest to be determined. I do film with Vince Russo later this week, though. 
WWE Great Balls of Fire Cruiserweight Championship match. Neville de- defeated Akira Tozawa with Titus O'Neil. You're going to hear me say this a lot, Alex. I really like this match. And my question is, if WWE is doing a bunch of video packages every week, why not do like a two to three minute primer of 205 Live each week to keep some of the faces on the show, to keep us updated with angles? At least do one of those for your YouTube channel. You know, like Mm -hmm. hear the highlights, not just like the crap that they put out the next morning, which shows you the middle minute and a half of the match where nothing happens. Like, show us the highlights, like Sports Center of the finishes and the best spots of the match, because those things are great, and then you can never find them online unless you have a WWE network uh, and you're watching the full match. Um, also, keep in mind of, like, who these guys are, their inner relationships, all that kind of stuff. Um, there's feuds that are on top of feuds, in the middle of other feuds that nobody would even know unless you watched every episode of 205 Live, and nobody does that except for me. So... Um, I think that they could. I think that would be a much better way of doing it than having Michael Cole like completely dweebishly explain on two hundred five live. Uh, Cedric Alexander just can't get away from Alicia Fox. No, it, do- it does. Wow, it sounds like the like uh, a commercial for a sitcom in nineteen eighty seven. Mm. This week on Perfect Strangers, cousin Larry. Like it's it, uh, it's oh man, it's bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do, what do you think of Vic Joseph? Well, that was the thing. Um, because they had this on the paper on the on the pre-show, they've never had like the two hundred five live guys doing cruiserweight matches. Like not when they're on the main card, they just have the raw guys do it because raw guys yeah. also do it. So it made me think they were like, if the, if this is the permanent home for cruiserweight title matches on the pre-show of all raw pay-per-views, it might be an interesting way of getting it in front of more eyes because it's on YouTube too. Um, and yeah, people, um, people, people were asking me today, why do they do commercials on the pre-show for a network we're watching? Well, because over 50,000 people watch that live on YouTube, eventually into the six figures, watch right. that on YouTube. Yeah. So my thought is it, what if you did it where every time there's a raw pay-per-view, you know, if you tune into YouTube, you're going to be able to watch the cruiserweights go at it and maybe even do it a thing where it's like, give it a, somebody was saying on, on, on Twitter, give it a time limit. You know, like it would like it could make it fast and furious, and that way it happens in the last fifteen minutes of every you know kickoff show, and we know that they've got to get to the to the end, and so there's kind of fast and furious something something to make it fun and momentous. I'm I was glad to see it here, I guess, and not in like a death slot where they normally get put, and at least they had ten minutes or more. So, yeah. Uh, Tazawa and Neville, they're, they're so good. Uh, Neville did a front drop kick that actually looked like it hurt his opponent more than him. I was stoked. Uh, the thing is, the result was never in much doubt for me. That's that's really my only issue, and that's a minor issue because they made it work. Um, Neville rolled out of the ring after a senton bomb, which was really good, and then Neville, Neville crushed Tazawa's hashtag great balls. His reign of terror continues. He is an appropriate face of that division. Now, besides liking the match, I love what they did later with Tazawa and Titus O'Neil. Tazawa acted like the spoiled athlete, even though he's a babyface, and he's like, you saw what happened. Get me my rematch. That's why I have you to begin with. Get me this rematch. And Titus looked off like, okay, I got to get to work. That was, that was awesome. That was great. 
Yeah, it was great. It was like Titus realizing, oh, this is what agents do. Yeah. Damn it. I always like, because, you know, this is a guy who was trying to be, make it into a professional uh, athlete career. So he knows what an agent does for him. And it's like, yeah, actually, I would probably ask my agent for that too. Damn it. I didn't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but hey, you know, Tozawa's right. Like, he, he lost via ball related shenanigans. Uh, he didn't even hit him with any kind of finisher, just like a, another kick to the midsection. And that was it. Like, so, like, so I was like, I would not have lost this match had it not been for my hashtag great balls. So, yeah, I think I need a rematch and I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, I just hope it happens, you know, either tomorrow or on Tuesday on 205 Live and they don't stretch it out until uh, August 20th. I don't need to see these two guys at SummerSlam. Finally, please give me my multi man cruiserweight match. You have to do it eventually. Give it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Bray Wyatt defeated Seth Rollins. I thought this was the perfect place to put this match. The opener on the pay-per-view. Because if you put this a few later, it's going gonna, it's gonna to suffer. And I don't think it did suffer. Rollins hit a Falcon Arrow on Wyatt, which was an impressive sight. It looked like these two had a feeling like they had something to prove, and I thought they did it. I, they put on a really, really good match. They worked really well together, especially in this slot. Um, I'd imagine they're not going to be opening the show in their inevitable rematch because one match is never enough. Wyatt gets a surprise win, surprise win, and I guess he is the undisputed WWE god now. Yeah, something like that. I think wasn't wasn't He's with the McMahons against uh, or team with Shawn Michaels against the McMahons now. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Seth Rollins was fighting for the cause of atheism because he didn't believe in gods or I don't, i'm not really sure but um, so like should alexa bliss be his valet <laughs> since she's the goddess yes um uh i i really like this match and you're right it looked like two guys who thought they had a lot to prove because seth rollins was thought of as the golden boy and then after the injuries like it felt like people thought he wasn't you know and he's been having these feuds with like triple h and trying to like work triple h's style which is like you know get your get a limb worked on forever and then come back and win. So it doesn't really get a showcase what he can do. And Wyatt, you know, Wyatt's like, you know, got a 20 percentage, uh, 20% win percentage. Yeah. That um, includes live events though. That's a crock of shit. The real yeah. number on TV is he's over 500. Um, which is good, but still not anywhere near what a God should be. And I think they assume like, like, you know how on SmackDown they put, they got AJ Styles and Kevin Owens, two of their top names, shooting for a secondary title. Right. Meanwhile, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton, if they were, if they flipped those titles, yeah, and Jinder Mahal and Orton were feuding over the U.S. title, and Owens and AJ were feuding for the world title, I wouldn't bat an eye. Like they're right now, they got the Miz and Ambrose with the IC title. I think they assume that people are just going to care about what Bray Wyatt does, and that's not the case. That's yeah. n- in fact, that's that's been the opposite for quite some time. Is that people fall out of caring because they're they're given no reason to because of his track record. Right. And really, as as Mike Killam pointed out, like the track record of so many guys who come in hot and then five months later they're tapping out to John Cena. Yeah, like that's that's the the unfortunate situation WWE puts a lot of these people in. Right. I I, I really like the match. Bray Wyatt got the win here though. That was. I, I was too. Um, this obviously is leading to another match between them mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, more build for the next six weeks until we get to SummerSlam because I'm assuming they're going to blow that off there. Um, what I would like to see 
is is some of Wyatt's mind games get to Seth Rollins because they're they're planting seeds of Seth Rollins being a bad guy with all of their um, all of their press stuff around 2K18 with him lighting things on fire and then Kurt Angle does a you know make believe press conference where he's like I'm gonna have to talk to Seth about that that's not very good I don't like that at all and why not so, it gets people over I mean Jesus apparently right. yeah it's true um, but anyway it's interesting to see what what they what they might be able to do with it but it looked like these two guys who were at the absolute top of their games when they were doing triple threats, but you know, uh, six man tags between the Wyatts and, and the shield, knowing how, how they worked together when they were doing those kind of matches and saying, let's go back and do the stuff we used to do in 2014 right now, which give yeah. them a show. And they did. And it was great. It was, it was awesome. Put in the perfect spot too. backstage. The Hardys cut a terrible scripted promo. Right. They, they just do those a lot. Right. I mentioned that, <laughs> I loved how they had every foreign announced team saying Great Balls of Fire. I want to see Todd Grisham pronounce Great Balls of Fire in Japanese because I don't know if you all saw it. Former uh, WWE announcer Todd Grisham butchered Kazushi Sakuraba's name. Sakuraba, a guy who's wrestled for New Japan. He is now a UFC Hall of Famer. He is really the guy as it pertains to the crossover of wrestling and MMA. He was a pro wrestler that beat the shit out of all the Gracies. And Todd Grisham butchered his name. Head over to FightfulMMA.com. I have an article and video up on that. Uh, it was sad. He, they got some hell for that. Also, guys, check out Carlos Toro's uh, boxing newsletter. He dropped that on us last week. It is badass. Even if you're, like, casually interested in boxing, check that out over on our boxing section. A-plus stuff out of Carlos. Not what I would grade Big Cass's new theme. Yay. What the hell is that? I don't know, man. It, it's. I guess the idea is like, hey, he's big. Like, that's the whole thing. He's just a big, tall guy. He's seven foot tall. Like, they never, like, his, whatever his personality was, was basically just an offshoot of what Enzo's personality was. Like, he doesn't have a personality without Enzo involved. So... So I guess we'll just give him like one of Test's rejected themes. Like he's just a giant, he's just a big blonde guy. Shit, they should have gave him Test's accepted theme because that <laughs> ruled, man. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Cass, Cass, this is a Cass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you see one of the the snafus where he walked oh, in front yeah. of the sea and it said big ass? Then you had the one that said eat balls next eat balls. to Sasha. Oh man, eat balls. Um, hey, yeah. you know what? I, if if the pay-per-views stay this good, they can call them blazing penises, inflamed <laughs> assholes, whatever yeah, they want true. to call them if the shows are this good. Right. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Enzo did some really great promo work before this match. Outstanding. This was his first singles match on pay-per-view and Cass's first singles match on pay-per-view, like NXT, WWE, anywhere. I like that Cass used like a modified uh, crossface chicken wing where he like overhooked the arm. Enzo sold his ass off and Cass just beat the crap out of him. Gave him like just the crooklin stomp that son of a bitch out. Like it was, this was what it should have been. Yeah. They were who we thought they were. Yeah, it was, it was perfect. Um, Right down to Cass gorilla pressing him out of the ring. 
uh, Enzo beating the count back in at like nine and seven eighths, only to stagger to his feet and eat a big boot to the chops and the one, two, three. Like just so much heart this kid has and not a lot of brains. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like take the count out loss if you're going to wind up getting smushed. So that's fine. And that's great. It helps you build his character. His promo was amazing. Like it was really, really excellent. Although I did love how at a, a themed pay-per-view from 1957, he was using uh, a Frank Sinatra song from at least that old, I think, to, uh, to use as a theme for his, his promo. Um, but I, I, I thought it was excellent. Um, Cass's ring gear might be slightly worse than his theme song. It's just generic and says where he's from on the crotch. Just says Queens, New York on the crotch. And that's, that's about it. So yay for big Cass's new look. Uh, honestly, where he goes from this food with Enzo, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. He's already on a show with Braun Strowman. He can't be your big, mean guy. You know what I mean? Like, they already got that covered. We got with that base. We got somebody on that base there. Yeah. So, I don't know where he he goes. We had WWE Raw Tag Team Championship as an Iron Man match. Cesaro and Sheamus defeated the Hardy Boys. Sheamus broke kicks Matt and pins him in 19 seconds. I guess you could call Sheamus the hashtag 22nd man. You could. There was a whole lot of posing in this match to wind that clock down in like the first 15 minutes. If you missed the first 15 minutes, you didn't really miss a lot. Nope. Uh, there were like, and in those first 15 minutes, uh, Cesaro did not have his best showing. There was like, he whiffed on their finish. Like there was no point in him even participating in their, their finish. Also, he smashed his own head into the buckles a few times on the spot where Matt does the delete things, which is going to happen because yeah. Matt doesn't let you know how many right. times he's going to do it. Right. Jeff hit a really, really awesome assisted Tope Con Hilo on both guys over the top rope. That was really good. For those last five minutes, the crowd was super hot. The Hardys uh, looked like they got a pin. Was that three, Alex? No, if you look at it, it was two because the first one doesn't count because that the first the first one comes down, he's checking to make sure the guy's shoulder isn't down, which I've been fooled by that in the past. But when you look at replay, that's what he's doing, which I wish they wouldn't do that. Like we all know, like you know when it's supposed to count three, two. Yeah. You don't have to like check the shoulder. That little bit of of you know realism doesn't really sell it for us just count the three and that way if he had done that it would have been two but he didn't so yeah um that was a it was a mistime finish obviously a mistime uh, breakup of the pin but um yeah that that was it did look really bad to the audience and and they're harshly judging john cone who i might remind you (laughs) almost died for this business when he got bounced out of the ring in the in the big big show and braun Strowman ring collapse so Let's give this guy a pass for a little while anyway. Yeah, yeah. Cesaro pinned Jeff Hardy after a swanton on Sheamus. I thought this was smooth. Yeah. I thought it was a good finish. And Cesaro, like, ran out of the ring and did exactly what you would do. I loved the finish. I really thought they were going to go to a Cesaro and Sheamus blew a 3-1 lead thing. And I was – and it was funny because I said, I can't believe they would do a 13-month-old joke. And somebody tweeted me and said, they're running a show 
based on a song from the 60s. What is 13 months? <laughs> That's not even true. It's from the 1950s. Oh, 1957. Jesus. It's a 60-year-old song. Oh, but, man. Uh, no, that is true. Uh, I, I did. I also loved it. Um, Cesaro and Seamus, though they be heels, are sneaky, smart, and cunning. And not with, like, cheating stuff. Like, it's perfectly legal to fake the other team into thinking which guy's legal. That's perfectly fine and okay to do, and nobody else does it. Like, but they've been doing that since they started when they were a babyface team. They were facing New Day back after Roadblock, and they were tricking Xavier Woods into thinking who he was pinning. Like, they've been running that scam since their inception as a tag team, and I love it. I think it's great. Matt was bleeding bad. He is okay. I can can confirm that. Also, I'm getting texts from people backstage right now, which is uh, hearing some interesting stuff, which we'll get to the to on the show. Uh, head over to Anna Bauer's Twitter, you guys. She's uh, running a bit of a questionnaire in order to assess the future of Most Ridiculous. Uh, so go over there, show her some support. Raw Women's Championship, Sasha Banks defeated Alexa Bliss by count. This was my favorite match up until this point. These girls tore the house down. Alexa pulled the old arm trick. And Michael Cole's commentary, like, almost ruined it for me. That was so weird, man. Have you ever seen anything so weird? That was weird, man. <laughs> weird. It was, it was so great because it was, here's, the, they, they, they do, Corey, have you ever seen anything like that? No, I haven't either. Booker, have you ever seen anything like that? I have never seen anything like that. I hate that. that. And it's like, so neither of the three of you watch the product. You don't watch the other show yeah. that's on Tuesdays where she did that very famously. And then like talked about it for 15 oh. minutes afterwards. Like there was like, it was like eight, nine years ago. I submitted a thing to botch mania where there were three instances of Batista coming off the top rope with a shoulder block. And you know, first time Cole calls it. I've never seen that before. Second time he calls it. I've never seen that before. The third time he says, I swear to God, I've never seen that before. <laughs> like, At least that way he knows he's playing that up. I don't, I yeah. honestly feel like they're just burying the fact that SmackDown even exists, you know, because that, that's one of Alexa's most famous matches on the main roster. If you're not scouting the people you're covering as commentators, like I don't even like uh, whatever. It was just it really bothered me how much they put over that it that it was a a thing that had never been done before in the history of mankind. Yeah, these two girls worked stiff. You always hear rumors that they don't like each other. Dana Brooke played it up on the pre-show. I'll say the the one thing that I really didn't like about the match. If you want to do the why don't you give up thing, maybe wait until after four and a half minutes into the match. Yeah. Um. They hit a lot of unconventional spots and bumps that weren't necessarily new, but were different. And I appreciated that. And they were. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's really hard. Uh, the only other thing I didn't like, I don't like like when heels have to bump three times off of that comeback. Sting was ahead of the curve. If you watch a lot of Sting's old comebacks, he would like chop, punch, chop, punch, forearm. He would do things where the heels didn't have to bump, turn around, get up, bump, mm-hmm. turn around, get up, and he didn't have to wait on them. Uh, he was working with a lot of people bigger than him, too, so that was yeah. sometimes a problem. Alexa Bliss hit the infrared. Like there was, This was real good. It was fundamentally sound. It was a little bit different. They they hit each other really hard. Alexa Bliss throws some nice forearms. Like, she does. And and we're talking like we're living in a post-Nikki Haru Belisawa world right now. So for me to say that is saying something because that woman can throw some forearms. Alexa Bliss gets counted out. Sasha goes after Alexa and they brawl. (laughs) Sasha throws Alexa into the LED board, which happens to be on the great balls of fire. So Sasha teabagged Alexa Bliss. Intentional or not intentional, Alex? Uh, I think a happy accident. I think Sasha Banks didn't know she was doing it, but now she's watching the GIF over and over and over again. Oh, she's tweeting that out. Yeah. Nia Jax is going to say something about that Oh yes, on social media. Yes. They end up on the announce table, and Alexa takes a little bit of a dangerous jump down. Like, I was worried for her knees at that point. Maybe it's just my old man knees that think that she should be worried in her mid-20s. Yeah, mine, mine too. Speaking of knees... Sasha comes flying off and hits the double knees. You know, I'm usually not cool with a count out finish like this, but give me more. Give me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is this is continuing and it should. Um, and I think you can easily envelop at least part of the way. I don't know if I want any kind of multi-woman match, but you can envelop Bailey and Nia Jax into this storyline and even break it off so they have their own thing to do. You can do this thing with Bailey and being on the side of Sasha for a while until she, like, whatever happens there. I hope this has a reason for Bailey to to be a little different now. Uh, And Nia Jax, I think, has a reason to hate Sasha and want Alexa to keep the belts so that she can beat Alexa when she gets a shot at her. There's a lot of stuff you can do there, and I'm happy this is continuing. I thought these two girls did such a great job in this match, like selling everything and really telling a story. And uh, I'm okay with the count out because Alexa bliss has shown that's part of her MO. Like that's what she does when the going gets tough. That's great. When the Usos like split on the new day, a couple of months ago, it was like, well, where the hell have you, you guys haven't done this before. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. And they haven't really done it since, but they still keep bringing it up over and over again. So, but Alexa does this. So that's great that she did it here. And I like that Sasha immediately tried to give her a come, her comeuppance to get her heat back. That's great. Really good. Can't wait to see this continue. I don't know what's up with the, the I mean, there were a lot of people that weren't on this show. Yeah. Alex, I mean, <clears throat> there's no Bailey. There's no Naya. 
There's no Grifter. There's no Finn Balor. You don't have the Goldust R Truth stuff going on. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Goldust Gold R Truth continues. It's going to be going on until Survivor Series, for God's sake. That was, that was a scary spot. It was a scary spot. Current forum topic at the top uh, Roman Reigns should be arrested. <laughs> Head over to Fightful.com, check out our forums. <laughs> Join in on that one, guys. I, I, I can't say I disagree. Hey, we'll get to it. Intercontinental title, Miz with the Miz Taraj defeated Dean Ambrose. I thought this was the worst match on the show, and oh. they were put in a death slot. And the thing is, it would have been a death slot no matter where you put it. Right. I really think that putting this title into a feud we've seen 300 times has knocked it down after the Miz, and even to a degree, Ziggler helped elevate it last year. Ambrose got busted open. That's something I want to ask you about. Miz wins. Miz Taraj got involved. That's something they were trying to establish mm-hmm. is that Miz has strength in numbers. Ambrose gets busted open. We saw a lot of blood on this show, Alex. We did. We did. Probably this, the most we've seen in a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, certainly it was – none of it appeared at all intentional. So that's that draws a, distinguish, a, 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 you know, a distinction between – the stuff from a, a generation ago, but uh, yeah, it looked like it was one of those things that got hit in the mouth and his, in his, his own tooth probably cut the inside of his lip or something. Uh, it didn't look super vicious, um, but yeah, I, I mean, accidents happen. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't as bad. If the thing that happened to Matt Hardy had happened during the middle of the match, they would have had to stop that because he was his fat, his whole half of his face was just a crimson half mask. Uh, and so this was different. And as far as the match goes, yeah, no, this the, they were not a good slot. No, no one really cares about this whole thing. Um, but God damn it, if Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas aren't making me care about everything that they do with their wardrobe choices alone, like Curtis Axel comes this down to three this guy. Suit, and Bo Dallas looks like he's auditioning for season eight of Sons of Anarchy, and I yeah. love them so much. Like, it's just, all they're there is to, like, you know, get in the way of Dean Ambrose, take a couple of bumps, uh, but they decided to establish their characters entirely with, you know, three-piece suits and orange-colored sunglasses and bandanas and one glove, and God, Bo Dallas is my heart, and I love him so much. <laughs> that guy... He, he keeps finding a way to get involved. I'll give him that. He does. Ambulance match. Braun Strowman defeated Roman Reigns. First off, were you surprised by the result? Uh, no, but only because you have me on the uh, betting odds beat. So when, uh, that's true. <laughs> once, that's true. Once the, uh, once the smart money came in, I was like, well, we know who's winning that match. Um, but I was surprised at how he won it. Because if you had Braun Strowman defeats Roman Reigns via cunning and outsmarting, then uh, then congratulations, you're smarter than we are. Because that was great. He he basically just like Bugs Bunnied him, like, like he just stepped aside yes. and he dove off the cliff. That was excellent. I was very happy with that. This was violence as we expected. It was great. Braun starts no-selling these chair shots of the arm, and Roman Reigns, like, reacts appropriately, like, oh, accordingly, like, like you, f- since for months it's been, like, Roman Reigns, like, big dog, my yard. He turned into a puppy there. 
and he was like, I, I went in the, I went on the wrong side of the fence. I need to go back to my yard now. I'll see you later. Uh, how does one learn to take an ambulance bump? Because Bro- Roman seems to do it pretty well. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Like he's just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'd have to uh, go back and look at the tape, but he may have been taking the brunt of that bump on the vest. And I think we're underselling just how much of that shock absorption there is in that vest. Uh, no shock absorption, however, in the meat of Braun Strowman's uh, shoulder lat area because he just decided to just turn right into those t- chair shots. Right right there, that's a really bad place to hit chair- Braun Strowman with anything. Mm-hmm. You could probably hit him with, like, I don't know, a howitzer missile, and a howitzer shell, and it probably wouldn't do much damage. That guy's built like a rock. Um, I, I, that that point right there, where he, where he no sold the first chair shot, I, I would. <laughs> I mean, like, how do you not love this guy? Just the look on his face after, like, are you hitting me with a chair? Like, oh, it was so excellent. Everything, everything about it. And Roman was great in this match. Brilliant. He was everything they needed him to be. To to like, if you're gonna have him be the underdog, this is the guy to play that opposite. And that's that was excellent. Everything was great. Roman sent Strowman into an LED wall, and and I tweeted this: as long as there is shit to be torn up, keep giving me Roman and Strowman. This is feud of the year, in my opinion, and that ain't easy when you got Joe versus Lesnar right behind it. This one's just had some more legs. This has been really great, and I'm not finished with you organically becoming a thing for Strowman makes it makes it even better. It's worth noting also that they they did find somebody to make me buy Roman Reigns, former NFL player, six foot three, two hundred and fifty five pounds, cousin of the rock, whole family in wrestling, former champion Royal Rumble winner as an underdog. They found a guy. (laughs) They found it took them like four years, but they found a guy. Reigns speared himself into the ambulance. Strowman wins. Now, I put you on the odds beat so I don't have to be. Right. So I was surprised by this. I like being surprised. But Roman Reigns <laughs> jumps out and beats, like, tosses Strowman back in and drives off. Right. Now, your boy is often critical of the shaky cam. Yeah. Never has it been more appropriate. Because I'm thinking, what the shit is he doing? What's what's he doing? What's he doing, man? And also, I don't think they meant to have a shaky cam. I think it was just shaky. The the what was the headline of the article you wrote? Uh, Roman Reigns uh, attempts to murder Braun Strowman, comma fails. That's what happened. He ran an ambulance. Ass first into what a semi truck, semi trailer. Yeah, damn. I thought he killed Braun Strowman. Jamie Noble hops out. Kurt Angle continues his meme worthy run on the main roster. Like WWE, like it's just the best. Jamie Noble's out there. Like, <laughs> man, you have you have a locker room full of dudes who could bench press five hundred pounds. And Jamie Noble is the guy with the crowbar trying to pry the door open. That's Come on, let, let's not act like Jamie Noble in his real life hasn't crowbarred a few doors open in his day, right? 
No comment. <laughs> Come on, that's his whole gimmick. <laughs> his, his finishing move was called the trailer hitch, Alex. That's, that's, that's true. I forgot. So <clears throat> Roman Reigns, no remorse. And I, I saw a lot of people saying – Roman he's supposed to be a baby face. He's such a sore loser. Where the fuck have you guys been since February? <laughs> this guy has been an ass since February. He's just a, he's an entitled prick. And the worst part about him is that he's kind of right about being an entitled prick. And so now when he loses a match and he's still entitled about it, he goes off and tries to murder a dude. By smashing an ambulance that the guy's in into a into a semi trailer, so yeah, it's consistent with his character, but it might have been a step too far. I think Who cares? a lot of people, right? Do you hear but the reactions is, that Strowman gets? Oh yeah, no, this is the thing: is that he, when when Strowman eventually, after they use the jaws of life, and he staggers out under his own power and walks away, like with a gushing like, arm, he's he's a god damn superhero you know what i mean he is and and, and he is what we want i've said this before like you can build legitimacy in a lot of different ways you can build legitimacy in a guy going off and winning ufc titles you can build legitimacy in a guy just showing up drinking beer and stunning people or you can build legitimacy by a guy just tearing shit up all the time just tearing shit up a way to not build legitimacy is have a guy that big fight from under and fight from under and fight from under and then come back and win. Yeah. You can build, you build a star to a degree that way, but you can't build legitimacy that way. I believe that Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar can tear shit up Yeah, and they do it. Why why do I believe it? Because I see it all the time. I see, like, if you wanted me to believe that somebody is the best fighter in the world, well, you know, I, I went and watched Brock Lesnar become the best fighter in the world. So it's hard for me to believe that Jinder Mahal is the best fighter in the world. Right. I do believe you put Braun Strowman out there with anybody else in the world, pound for pound, he's going to be in that top three tearing shit up rankings. I believe that, and we get to see that all the time. I was waiting for Roman Reigns to pop out, attack Noble, and reveal himself as his stabber while we were at it, like, just for some continuity. This was awesome. This was great. There were a lot of people in our chat who didn't like it. I don't know what more you guys want out of wrestling. I loved it. What, I thought I it was great. What isn't, what is there not to like as far as like where this, this could go. This is the thing is that if you are, if you are like me, inherently distrustful of WWE and their booking, and you think that they think that this is a way to get Roman Strover, Roman, Stro, Roman Reigns, excuse me, over further as a baby face and somehow the unkillable monster is, is not somebody we would chill cheer for. Then I understand your apprehension. Mm-hmm. I also will not go as far as some other people who tweeted me. This is the beginning of a double turn. And I was like, hold on. I don't know. It's that yet. It could yeah. be, but I don't. I don't see right, right now. I just see that these guys are progressing in their characters and in their storylines, and I don't see how we don't get another one of these at SummerSlam. And holy hell, what are they going to do to top this shit? I love it. I love it. I love it, man. And the thing is, like, 
it all the real story is how are they portrayed on commentary? That's how you can tell what WWE right. wants. Yeah, that was interesting. How are they too. portrayed on commentary? Because because when they had their impromptu Heath Slater versus Kurt Hawkins match, they didn't even show the finish of. They just you just heard it over yeah. the loudspeaker. Uh, and Heath Slater coming down to the ring like, I guess I have a match now. Somebody told me I have a match. Well, what's Heath Slater buying with that pay-per-view check? <laughs> Some more floaties for his above-ground pool, I there guess. There you go. Um, I, I love this. I thought it was great. I'm excited. I hope Strowman's like cut on his arm, if whether that's real or fake, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm 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 certain all of that was fake. It was a deliberate cut, so well, that yeah. Oh, of course. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna find out more. I've already gotten a couple messages about the main event tonight from people backstage, so uh, I'll, I'll read those in a moment. I like that. I think Reigns – and see, the thing about Reigns is you haven't heard me since maybe, like, again, February really say, ooh, I don't like what they did with Reigns there. Mm-hmm. Because the only there – there was maybe one promo in there, but other than that, you don't – there are not any Reigns promos longer than five minutes anymore. Yeah, They're no, very no. – and even that, that's a long Reigns promo now. It's the worst thing two. that I thought they did was the night after Mania when he was like, well, I did what I had to do, but then they 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 stepped off that hard. They were like, okay, that wasn't the right thing to do, and they were already into Strowman throwing him off, or turning over an ambulance anyway. So I loved it, thought it was awesome, fantastic all around. Let me read this message from somebody backstage at WWE. Brock Lesnar loves Samoa Joe and was, quote, happier than a pig in shit that Samoa Joe could take everything that he gave him. Nice. That was a, a message I got from uh, somebody backstage right now. Yeah, uh, Samoa Joe and, like, I, I went to take a quick piss and Brock Lesnar was, like like, chilling on a pile of table. This was my kind of match. You could see like the the body locks, the clinches. They were switching it up. They were going at it. They were they were shooting a little bit. Mm-hmm. They were throwing knees. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe knowing how to really block knees by throwing their their putting both arms down like this, blocking with with the single arm like that was really good. They were shooting for low singles. There were a lot of people that because this match was six and a half minutes, I had tweeted me saying they made Samoa Joe look weak. What the shit are you talking about? <clears throat> I, I had I heard it all out. Well, six and a half minutes, man. Here, it's hard for me to play this with the headband on. I'll do it. Well, he he looked. Oh my god, so weak. Samoa Joe looked weak. Brock Lesnar is a part timer. He hasn't defended his championship since since ever and he comes here and he beats Samoa Joe who comes to work every week comes to work every week Alex he beat him with a couple of suplexes and one f one f5 it took one f after all that oh my god get the Get out of here with that shit. Come on, guys. 
Samoa uh, Joe was made to look very Brock Lesnar sold his ass off. Yeah. Yeah. For Samoa Joe, Alex. I want to know what you thought of this. Uh I, I really Sorry enjoyed if I it. offended you with that, by the way. No, no, not at all. Um, I really enjoyed it. And here's what I was thinking as I was watching it. What if the what if the Goldberg thing had never happened? What if we hadn't seen that before? What if that the squash thing that started out had never happened? What if they did this with Samoa Joe? Like, because that's what I was watching. I was watching Samoa Joe be totally prepared for Brock Lesnar. And I was thinking, gosh, if they hadn't already done this, where Brock underestimates his opponent and goes in overconfident and loses pretty quick and then wins, you know, eventually wins the title back, you could do that with Samoa Joe and it would be utterly believable. Everything yeah. Samoa Joe was 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 laying in was excellent. All of it. I love that that each guy figures out really clever ways of reversing the other dude's finisher naturally into his own. That's really cool. I love when that happens. Just as a personal thing that I'm I always look for. I love Samoa Joe taking it to him before the bell, putting him through the table. Everything was all excellent. It felt longer than six minutes. And the reason it did was because Samoa Joe was in, in control for like four minutes and 45 seconds of that six minutes. Dominated the match. He dominated the match. With the exception of the suplexes and the and F5. the whole point of Brock Lesnar is don't let him catch you. Because if he catches you, you're done. Mm-hmm. And he caught him. And that was it. And then as the mat, as the, as the pay-per-view goes off the air and Brock's backing up the ramp, Samoa Joe's looking at him like, I'm going to get you next time, you mother. Like, it, that was Alex, great. You want to know what that reminds me of? What? That reminds me of back in July of 2016 when Brock Lesnar was fighting a fat Samoan. <laughs> and the scouting report was, don't let him catch you. Don't let him get a hold of you. Because if he does, the fight is not going to go your way. Right. It's shocking how well it can work. Yeah. It's shocking. And Samoa Joe pulled it off great. Brock Lesnar. There was somebody that said, well, Samoa Joe used his finisher three times, but one F5 finish? Come on, guys. You're looking for stuff to be upset about. You're looking for – it's a submission hold. Right. I I personally – it didn't ruin the match for me. I would have liked to have seen it take more than one F five to finish off Samoa Joe, just because sure. we've seen that his 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 most his most difficult opponents it always takes more than one. Like it took him like three or four, maybe five to finish off Undertaker. A couple of those matches. Like if it, if it, Samoa Joe lasted longer than Goldberg did, though. Yes, that's so. True. Like what? Like how do you want to? How do you want to play this? There, like people are gonna find ways. It's a minor quibble. Brock Lesnar is the king best. of the sprint. Nobody does the quick match better than Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. If, his match with Goldberg, it couldn't have been any better. No, no, it's absolutely no. The the, the, the one at WrestleMania, rather. Yeah, Mania. Yeah. Um, this, I was also watching this and watching. Um, having just have we having just seen the Braun Strowman match and saying, don't you dare mess around WWE and deprive us of F1 Brock versus Braun match. Cause it looks like they're keeping the, these two pairings together through SummerSlam. That's what it looks like at this point. Both these stories appear to not be over. So these guys are staying together. These, these, these four guys, but eventually you have to give me 
Braun versus Brock. I have to yeah. see it. I have to see it. I thought I was going to get to see it in a month. You, you know how funny it is that, that at one point we were like, Braun versus Undertaker? Braun can't be carried to that. I, like, I, like I've said, I've never been happy to be wrong. Somebody said in our chat, the F5 was a weak move. You got to stop. You got to stop, guys. Allow yourselves to enjoy things. Now, I know that a lot of times I go off and I speak outside of the mic and stuff like that and go off. I love this podcast. I love this job. And I loved almost everything on this show tonight. Allow yourselves to enjoy something. Try not to be outraged by everything, especially when a guy that WWE didn't want for 10 years is in the main event of a pay-per-view, goes in there with Brock Lesnar, the most dominant character in WWE in a long, long time hangs with him just because of the time of the match and the number of F5s. Don't let this dis- don't let this man. I mean, that's there were a lot of people who were thinking, what if Brock just comes out and squashes them so we can move on to the next guy? You know, I'm like, well, I don't think they're going to do that. It was like, and then people were like, see, he did like, yeah, no, that's, this is no. not a squash. Because it was six minutes long does not make it a squash. I don't. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're watching. Um, this was one guy dominating most of the match and getting caught in something that he couldn't kick out of. And if he, I guess what? If he had to count to four, maybe he would have kicked out before four. That's where Samoa Joe was after that F five. He just couldn't get it up at that moment. That's it. And I'm fine with watching these guys. Here's the thing. Did you like this last month of build of Samoa Joe versus uh, versus versus Brock Lesnar on Raw. I loved it, and the fact that it looks like now I get six more weeks of that going up to SummerSlam. Sign me up. You know what I mean? Like this is if if Joe wins this thing, and then like uh, I mean, this was more than I could have hoped for, considering I never thought for a minute that Joe was walking out of that number one contenders match at Extreme Rules with going to go and and fight Brock yeah. Lesnar. I mean, the build was great. The build was great for the, the co-main event and Strowman versus Reigns. Both lived up to it. Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss exceeded expectations. Uh, Cesaro and Sheamus and the Hardy Boys got better as it went along. Big Cass and Enzo was what it should have been. Wyatt and Rollins over-delivered based on their build. Neville and Tazawa had a good match. Fantastic stuff. I'm excited to see what's up with Emma and Dana Brooke. More so for, for Emma. It was really, really good. Uh, my show notes, match ratings, and analysis goes up at 8 a.m. tomorrow. I believe Joe Holbert is doing a report card. If so, that will go up at noon tomorrow. Hint, hint, Alex, for when you edit that. Set it yeah, for no, noon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course, guys, check out The List and Your Boy Wednesday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern. The Holy Smokes MMA podcast. We will be coming to you right after Mayweather McGregor presser. We have people going to the Toronto and uh, and New York legs. I think I've got somebody to go to the L.A. leg. Unfortunately, our two London correspondents. Of course, when we have two correspondents from London, they're both tied up. It's like when we do that UFC show and Jimmy goes, hey, we got anybody in Buffalo? And as it turned out, we had three <laughs> people in Buffalo. <laughs> Who the hell knew? Fantastic stuff. Alex, any final thoughts for uh, 
No, great I, balls of fire. Uh, I will say that when they announced that this pay-per-view was going to be called Great Balls of Fire, I thought there was no way that they could that this was going to be anything decent at all. I just thought that the name was going to ruin it. And the fact that they leaned in so hard to the 1950s motif with that little, like, let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a snack beginning of the pay-per-view. My God, they, 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 went, they went all for it. And like, the first ever, meaning there's going to be more of these. So I'll see you right back here in a year for the second ever Great Balls of Fire pay-per-view. Sign me up. Hemorrhoids ignited, don't care. Whatever you got to call it to give me good wrestling shows. And I think the last uh, four weeks have just been on fire in WWE. Like, just, I've enjoyed virtually everything over the last month. And, man, I can't remember the last time I'm like, I, I was like, you know, I can't wait to watch Raw and SmackDown this week. I wonder what they have in store. Somebody says plug Twin Peaks, Sean. They need more viewers. I don't think me plugging Twin Peaks is going to do anything for them. I will say that I did get through the series up until season three. Really fell off after the second half of, or in the second half of season two. And the the first episode of the new season was unusual, but they had 25 years to catch up on. So I'm more of a Fargo guy. I'll say that much. More of a Fargo guy. Fantastic show, I thought. Follow me at Sean Ross Sapp. Follow Alex at Palowski the fourth. Anna wasn't here tonight. She had an acting gig that kind of kept her out of commission through uh, the beginning of Great Balls of Fire. She will be here on Tuesday for the post-Smackdown show. Guys, Fightful.com, I want you all to use those forums. Please join me over there. Ask us questions. Talk about wrestling, boxing, MMA, entertainment, movies, music. we got sports coming up soon. Also, Check out Carlos's boxing newsletter. If you all don't mind, go share that on Twitter. He put a ton of work into that, and I think it's unlike anything that anybody else uh, in boxing journalism has at this point. It's fantastic. If you're seeing Triple G Canelo, Mayweather McGregor, and you want to get caught up on the world of boxing, Carlos Toro has you prepared unlike anybody else. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Twitter or Fightful is a year old now. It means so much to me that you guys have joined us, have helped promote us, that you all have stuck with us over the past year. And if uh, maybe you just check us out for the podcast, head over to Fightful.com. We bring you news in a way that nobody else does. We don't clog your, your feed up with like little two-line stories. We put all those in a fight-size update that, that happen either in the mornings or the evenings. But uh, give Fightful.com a shot, you guys. Thank you guys so much. Till next time. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.